0: William Pendleton Gaines, publisher and editor of the Austin Statesman, took a sip of scalding coffee and stepped onto his balcony. The Statesman's editorial offices were located a block west of Congress Avenue in a grand, three-storied structure that might have passed for a Venetian palazzo. Gaines's penthouse office had tall windows on three sides and a door that opened onto a long, south-facing balcony. On days when the weather permitted and Tuesday, December thirtieth, 1884, was such a day. Chilly but windless with a clear blue sky, he liked to step outside and peer over the stone balustrade at the traffic down on Pecan Street. In summer, the dust and the smell of dung could be oppressive, notwithstanding the regular rounds of the mule-drawn street sprinklers. But on a still midwinter day such as this, the balcony was his favorite spot, as long as he had a steaming cup of coffee to keep him warm. He stepped to the eastern end of the balcony and surveyed the skyline formed by the two- and three-story buildings along Congress Avenue. To the north, six blocks away at the end of the avenue, rose the hill where construction of the new Capitol building was set to commence in the spring. To the south, another six blocks away, he could just glimpse the topmost girders of the steel-canopied bridge across the Colorado River. Midway between the Capitol grounds and the river, Pecan Street crossed Congress Avenue at the busiest intersection in Texas. Both streets were lined with banks, hotels, tailors, stables, business offices, restaurants, and shops. Mule-drawn streetcars ran on glittering steel tracks laid into the packed earth, clanging their bells at each intersection. Horse-drawn hackney cabs and wagons clopped back and forth in a constant parade. Men in hats and coats and women in dresses with long skirts, cinched waists and exaggerated shoulders strolled along the cement sidewalks, elevated above the muck of the open street. From his coin of vantage, Gaines viewed this vibrant prospect with a newspaperman's sense of possession. This was his town. He was its chronicler. He took a sip of scalding black coffee and felt the kind of deep satisfaction that other men got from looking at a favorite child or a beautiful mistress or a painting they had just purchased. This moment was a sort of apogee, he thought. Or was apotheosis the proper word? Whichever, life could scarcely get better than this. His life had always been one of privilege— His father, who was now in his seventies, had been a great antebellum planter, growing sugarcane and cotton on vast tracts of the finest bottom land in Brazoria County. Gaines Sr. had been a military hero as well, of both the Texas War for Independence and the Mexican War. When the Civil War began, Gaines Sr. had been too old to serve, and Gaines Jr. too young. After the war, young Gaines was sent north, to a college in Pennsylvania for an expensive education in the classics. The students at Lafayette, reading the Bellum Civile, argued almost as passionately about Pompey and Caesar as their fathers did about Grant and Lee, and Actium sometimes seemed as close to gains as Appomattox. Unlike Father, I was born to be a wordsman, not a swordsman, he would say. He delighted in anagrams and could still, every now and then, pull off a sharp pun in Latin. William Pendleton Gaines had been born to wealth without ever working a day. He had been raised in the reflected glow of his father's military glow, without ever firing a shot. He had glimpsed the death throes of a society based on slavery and been educated in the values of another slave society dead for two thousand years. His was an elitist's upbringing, through and through. He had an elitist means as well, being the sole heir by right of surviving four siblings to the family fortune.